0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. This is your host, Ken Lane. We're here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. In the lane lane gardens, we are eating regularly from our vegetable gardens. The flower gardens look good. I mean, things look good. They're growing actively. We'll go over just what we're doing, how we're doing it, how to fertilize, what to look for, and and a few problems uh, to kind of look after. But uh, lots of peppers coming off. So poblanos, big gems. Jalapenos. Those are our, our three that we personally like. Uh, a lot of folks will grow those habaneros and the really crazy hots. I think a habanero has got 5,000 Scoville units. That's how they rate it, how hot it is. Some of the hottest peppers have over a million Scoville units. It's What is that, 20 times? More, I mean, it's it's over twenty times as hot. It's so hot, there's no flavor; it's just heat. It burns your face off. There's like a hole in there, in the back of your throat uh, when you get done eating them. I don't grow those. I like the flavor, and I like grilling them, and you know, what fresh off the off the the plant. I just eat I'll eat a jalapeno just raw. It's that good. My mouth just watered. Uh, onions, radishes came out this week. Uh, uh, beets. What else? Lettuce. There's lots going. Tomatillos are starting to form really strong. So it is that time. Watch a couple things. I did notice that I'm starting to see some tomato spotting, some disease. Uh, so and that's the rains. We've had rain pretty much every afternoon, at least where we're at. I know that the mountains of Arizona, it's, it's spotty at best. But over at our house, we're up above the high school in the middle of Prescott here, Rain very consistently every afternoon. Some parts haven't had any. I mean, it can be your neighbors right across the street didn't see any rain, but you did. Go. F- that's the monsoon pattern for the mountains. That's how the rains come. But eventually, you're going to get some moisture. The humidity definitely has gone up, which makes things ripe for leaf disease and plant diseases and wilts and that kind of thing. So watch that, especially on... Your tomato plants, if you're growing tomatoes. Where else? Uh, uh, petunias. I've seen that on petunias. Certain things. If you're seeing a leaf, it was nice and green. Now it's yellowing or browning at the tips. That is not good. If you're seeing speckles on the foliage, not good. These are all disease issues. They're not insects. There's a bacterial kind of thing feeding on the sugar within the structure of that plant or that flower or that fruit that's causing this spotting, wilting, or... or or having issues and it will spread very quickly if you let it go. So for for me, what I do is I'll go out probably a couple times a week when I'm picking the fruits or just, I'm just admiring my gardens. I'll walk through with my, my cup of coffee in the morning off the dogs with me and we'll just pinch off some of the diseased or damaged leaves. Uh, any fruits that are like that, more, but more so you'll see it with the leaves. I just pinch those off. With my tomatoes, I notice it's right at the base so what happens is the rains come, it splashes on the soil, Those, that, that, that disease is in the soil. When it splashes, it comes back up on the leaves, and so it spreads that way. So it's hard to get rid of. That's why you want to rotate your crops every year, so you can prevent, help prevent. You can't prevent it, but you can, you can reduce some or mitigate some of the issues. Right now what I'm doing is I'm just keeping my plants pruned up. I don't let any leaf... I'm looking to pick the bottom leaves off. I'm looking to take leaves off. And it's okay. You're not going to hurt your plants. They'll grow just as fast. It's okay. Uh, But I'm looking to pinch off anything that's diseased, spotted, or curled. Uh, Vertinellum wilt is a classic. Uh, There's no cure for this disease. It gets in, in the plant, gets in the structure of the plant, and now the leaves start to curl up. And once that happens, because there's no cure... You pretty much rip the plant out of the ground and you kind of start over just to keep it from from spreading to your other plants. I would suggest when you see a few curled leaves, just pick them off real quick. See if you can get ahead of this and don't just throw them down on the ground. Put them, have a trash can with you or a bucket or a garden tote and and throw them away. Get them off your property. You don't want that diseased leaf to be there just to come back and haunt you again in in three weeks because you've had a couple heavy rains. So that, that's what I'm looking at. So most of my tomatoes, they don't have many leaves on the, on the bottom of them. They've all been picked up. I don't want any leaf growing down and touching the ground. I never let suckers or branches or anything grow towards the ground and touch it. I'm trying to stake things up or cage them up to keep them off the ground. The same would apply for tomatillo because uh, they're related, tomatoes, tomatillo, uh, peppers. Uh, pretty much any kind of... Fruiting plant is going to be that way. I mean not as much watermelons and that kind of stuff I haven't seen that, but I am definitely noticing disease starting on my tomato plant so i'm just I'm just pruning them off and it's okay they're fruiting like crazy still they'll just keep growing up that's that's okay, but just put it on your radar. What I do is when I do see anything with a leaf spot. If I don't find an insect, I'll share one insect I found in my gardens, what to look for. But uh, if I'm seeing just curling, spotting, browning leaves, what I'm doing is I'm clinging them up. I'll fertilize them so that they push new foliage. That's really easy. Then I'll spritz the whole plant with Revitalize. It's an organic disease control. What it does, it is revitalized, it's, it's a foliar spray. You, you, you spritz it, it's kind of like a trigger sprayer, you kind of spritz the foliage, and then it keeps that disease from getting up from spreading through that plant. And then it makes the structure of the plant actually more robust. And so if you're seeing it coming from the soil, you can actually you can actually drench the soil. I've done that on a couple of plants, but mainly I'm spritzing my foliage right now. I'll do that every 10-14 days or so just to make sure. Uh, I'm not going to have anything take out my my crops that I'm harvesting right now. I mean, we've got we're eating well. Uh, I am prevent. I'm doing a preventive strike on my pumpkins and zucchinis. So I always I don't know what this is. It must be my backyard. I'm always getting powdery mildew, and they always get on to my squash kind of plants and pumpkins. So I'm just putting Revitalize on those. Just going. I know it's coming. The rains are. It's been raining too much. I know it's just a matter of time. And I haven't seen powdery mildew on my plants yet. Uh, I know it's coming, but I'm hoping to, to, to again, mitigate that or reduce the, the effect on it. As I see a leaf, it gets this powdery white coating on it. I'll thin that out. I just kind of a maintenance factor. It's called gardening. It's, this is not hard. I just go out in my coffee and I'll just kind of pinch things off. And as I see a little branch, I keep up with it. I don't have this you know three-day process because I'm out there a couple times a week. Talking to my plants, making nurture, nurturing them, bringing them back to life, and not letting uh, nature come back and destroy them. So those are some things to watch in your own gardens. And if you're a flower gardener, saying I don't have tomatoes, I don't care, Ken. Why are you? Get to the next topic. Well, the, the same applies for your flowers, trees, uh, leaves. On, uh, I saw a little bit on my roses, so I was cleaning. I was opening up this, the the roses. Has put a lot of growth on them, so I just took a few strategic branches or canes out of the middle so it would open it up and then I just hand picked a few leaves off I fertilized them with the all purpose plant food and they'll be back into bloom here probably by the end of the month I mean it's just full glorious bloom and so that that's so it's, it applies across the board these are just things I mean my name is Ken we're just friends and we're talking across the back fence, and we're just, here's some things that I'm seeing in my own backyard gardens, and probably they'll, the same thing will apply in your own gardens. Yeah, but I live in, in Prescott Valley, or or Williams, or Flagstaff, or Payson, or it, it doesn't matter, Kingman, you're, we're all the same. We're all up in God's country. We're not that Flatlander desert stuff. We're, we're up here in the mountains where we get to enjoy a brighter sun, and more wind, and <laughs> dust, and Pine trees and oaks and manzanitas and yuccas and agaves. Uh, that we're all in this thing together. Just it happens; these things happen at different times depending on your elevation. But ha, what has more to do with it than elevation is whether you're a north, south, east, or west facing hill. So we're all on mountains typically, or on elevation of some sort. So if you get a morning sun, it's pretty kind, easy to grow things. South, south is pretty hot north you get things will be delayed it's just cooler darker over there that's where i'm dealing with i'm i've got north slope gardens so i see more disease and stuff on those it takes longer for the snow to melt it's just so i i'll probably be two weeks beyond a neighborhood right down the street that has a, a south facing type of gardens lisa Lane come in the studio after this
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
1: Waters Garden Companion Plants for August are Radio Red Salvias, Butterfly Bush, and Trumpeting Vine.
0: Large clusters of red and orange flowers create a dramatic show all season long
1: with Waters Trumpet Vine. This vigorous vine thrives in heat and blooms profusely with neglect.
0: Quickly covers large areas as a ground cover, spilling over retaining walls, screening a fence, or cloaking arbors.
1: Guaranteed to attract more hummingbirds and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Hiking at Waters with our Monster Monsoon Sale, our only sale of the year. Truckloads of
0: fresh autumn maple, aspen, and spruce have just arrived, and we need room, so summer
1: plants must go. Perennials, trees, shrubs, even pottery must go, and it's worth your while with plant sales at 25 45 even 65% off. It's
0: Waters' only sale of the year at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in
1: Prescott. Where people who love great plants at sale prices, they love to shop.
0: You've been listening to Ken Lane, the mountain gardener, Read thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: All right, so we are Ken and Lisa <laughs> Lane in the studio. Uh, we record this segment each week. Your, these are your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about out in the yard? And lots of gardening going on, lots of erosion control, lots of things being flushed away because lots of rain. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the studio. Lisa,
0: thank you. It's yeah. good to be here.
1: So your gardens are looking pretty fabulous. They
0: are, fat boy. Yeah. Nothing beats rain. Just yeah. Mother Nature in rain. Yeah,
1: except the for the 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 sofa cushions. <laughs> yeah. They're not so pleasant in the rain. Had to, yeah. We had a party this weekend and I had to get the cushions out where they're starting to drain. I'll keep them under the pad, out out away from the rain, just so they're dry. <laughs> Put them out right before people come in because mm-hmm. rain can show up. Well, anytime, anytime right now. Yeah, it's great. We, had
0: a, we had a humdinger at the Garden Center oh. last week. And yeah, lots of dirt everywhere.
1: What was it, like three three inches at a time? Three inches one day, three inches the next day? Oh. I don't know how many inches. It was a week.
0: lot because the drains couldn't keep
1: couldn't up, keep with, up it. with it. Of yeah. course, you see that all over town. You'll see oh, yeah.
0: there's It dirt spilled,
1: the there's roads. dirt coming across. <laughs> Every street's got that. Yeah. So talking to a buddy of mine. He, he lives up in the prescott valley area and then he hauls some water so he's out on a dirt road and uh he's gonna i think i'll hold off on having the water company fill my tanks because uh they'll get stuck they won't be able to get out of here it's so washed wow. out and muddy yeah so it's exciting it we'll is exciting it.
0: we'll take it yeah and it's
1: true so garden questions so what do we got?
0: you bet so all those rains bring
1: Weeds. Oh, I was thinking bugs. I was thinking grasshoppers. <laughs> but okay, weeds. Yeah. But weeds. Flowers. So
0: John wants to know when when you're ready to spray your weeds, yeah. is it better to cut them back before yeah. you spray, or do you leave them the height they are and then spray?
1: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good question. Pretty pretty. That's one often. Um, so so weeds have a matching root underneath them, and so the goal is to spray your weed killers on that foliage mass so that it has more foliage to take in to kill that entire root structure if you cut them back it will stunt them and make them it'll it'll hurt them but it may or may not kill the entire weeds mm-hmm. and so more of the annual weeds yeah you could probably do that but more of the perennial weeds, don't do that to a a whorehound because there's not enough foliage to take in enough because their roots are kind of like a carrot mm-hmm. you want to kill the whole thing so more foliage is better for weed killers so i would suggest don't cut them back or if you do cut them at the highest setting so you've got more foliage the more foliage you have the better the weed killers can go through that entire structure of that plant mm-hmm. and kill the entire root mass so don't cut them back
0: Right, because the, the weed killers that you want to use are not sterilizing the ground.
1: No, they're yeah, actually yeah, working, right.
0: the plant pulls it in through the foliage down into the roots right. and kills it out.
1: Yeah, so we've got three basic kinds of, root, of, of weed killers here at Waters Garden Center. We've got the, the um, indiscriminate weed killer, it kills all kinds of weeds, uh, whether it's a grass or it's a, a dandelion, whatever it is, a rosemary, it'll kill them all. Mm-hmm. If you spray it, it'll kill them, but it doesn't affect the soil. Mm-hmm. And that's one, the more foliage you have to take in this material, the better it is at right. obliterating the entire root structure. Then we've got broadleaf weed killers. Mm-hmm. We don't sell as many of those, uh, but, but it's mainly in a lawn. Mm-hmm. It kills everything but grass. Right. Um, so, so you use it mainly for lawns, for dandelions. I guess it could be good for those folks out Let's see in the valley areas where you want more of that native blue grama, a buffalo grass coming up. Mm-hmm. You don't want to kill that, but you want to get rid of all the-, the, the Goat
0: heads. Goat all that other nasty thistles. native
1: weeds. Yeah. So you come up with the native grass. You could work it that way. So you got broad weed killer. It kills everything, kind of like a Roundup. We saw mm-hmm. one that's called Decimate. It's better than Roundup. D- kills has a broader range of weed killers than Roundup. Uh, and it doesn't have the the Mm cancer-causing carcinogens that Roundup does. The broadleafs, and then you've got soil sterilants. These are dangerous, so um, uh, they kill everything in the soil, and they keep things from growing in the soil for up to a year. I find it goes about six, eight, nine months, and then it starts to come back. But it kills your trees, it kills the weeds, it kills everything. Nothing can grow in that soil for a while. Yeah. The negative is people make a mistake. They they sport it underneath their peach tree or their cherry tree, and it kills the weeds really well. And then it also you know kills the tree. Three months later, it killed the tree. You're like, what happened uh, to my tree? Yeah, so it's yeah. made mainly for fence lines, driveways. Mm-hmm. We use it here in the patios. Those pavers, you know, weeds coming up in between the cracks. Mm-hmm. Really good using it there. But I would not use it out in the garden. So those are the basic three ones. Okay. So anyway, all right? More okay. foliage, better. Going got back it. to <laughs> that's the answer. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> went too deep.
0: <laughs> well, Sandy would like to know. She usually sees honeysuckle growing up, uh, up on fences yeah. and trellises. She wants to know: can she use it as a ground cover? And it is is it a good erosion control yeah. as a ground
1: cover? It's probably great question. So you do see it softening up all those fence lines, especially the smaller yards. You got those block fences, it softens that up, it grows up to the top of the fence, then goes another two, three feet, and then starts spilling over. So it's, it's a great one for that. But it's also one of the number one selling ground covers. Mm-hmm. So honeysuckle, all the colors. Hall's honeysuckle or japonica is the number one seller. That's your classic. That's when, you, as a kid, you grew up with this yellow to white flower. You used to pull the stamens out and suck the nectar. It's just really sweet. Uh, hummingbirds love it, but it comes in a broad, lots of reds and pinks and lemonades and and your classic yellows. They're all good for climbing up, but they're also all good for climbing over rock walls and down, down that uh, rock bank or d- beside a driveway. And the beauty with honeysuckle is animals don't bother them. Mm-hmm. They're very deep-rooted, so that's why they hold the, the soil in so well. Um, they they they're just drought hardy, so they're very robust, uh, and you can count on them to bloom from midsummer right on through. They're just good plants for the mountains of Arizona.
0: Now they don't root in, right? It's it's the original plant where you planted it, it spreads out. It doesn't send suckers and root in, and, and it, it
1: can if it's if it's happy enough. It can have a if where that long stem grows and then touches the ground, it can actually start to form a new plant over there, three, four feet away. Okay. But basically you're planting them in a zigzag pattern. Let's say you're doing a erosion control on a hillside, mm-hmm. which sounds like they might be going right. that direction. Come take a picture, get a measurement. We can help you figure out how many you need. Mm-hmm. We just kind of zipper or or triangular pattern across that. And we'd, we'd probably, with a, with a honeysuckle, place them at every six to eight feet. Mm-hmm. And then it would quickly, probably by the end of this year, so it late. would hold that hillside in okay. f- pretty quickly.
0: Okay. Good to know. All right. Pam is moving into a home late in September, new home. Awesome. They want to put in maples and Aspen, but they want to know, is it too late by the end of oh, September no, no. to be
1: putting those in? Well, first of all, Pam, Welcome to God's country. You are all are welcome. But once you're in, then you can start berating Californians or, or the Midwesterners or people from New York or Florida. So but once you're one of us, you're you're go- you're golden. So welcome to God's country. I'm just kidding. So I'm just offended, like half the audience yeah, here. nobody's coming back. We're, we're never we're shopping we're at Water's Garden or not tuning history. into the show again. <laughs> anyway, oh, fall. If you're from the Midwest, she didn't say where she's from, but nope. Um. I would say fall is for planting, autumn is for planting. So now through I'd say Thanksgiving or so Mm -hmm. is just the peak time. In fact, we'll start shipping in a lot of evergreens, aspens, maples so Mm -hmm. that they can be planted. In fact, the most popular time is when they start to go in that that classic red or gold colors Mm -hmm. because people drive by and they go, Oh, what is that? What is that? I (laughs) want that. Where how do I get one of those? Can I have it now? And so we're we're Mm front-loading. And the reason it's such a good time, plants, trees, big plants, will continue to root through the end of the year. And so you'll get better growth next spring by planting right now. And the ground is moist. It's easy to dig. I mean, just it's just the perfect time. Go for it. Um, I would say you're, you're good to go. Here's the insider tip. If you're planting now in the fall, which is a good time, we don't get cold like they do in like Wisconsin, an eight-foot frost line. We has. get cold, but the plants continue to grow. They mm-hmm. continue to use water. So you'll need to water that new tree. You know, Typically, people turn their irrigation off about November. You'll need to continue watering that mm-hmm. tree about twice a month right mm-hmm. through winter because plants are still using it. So, Yeah, we're mild, but we're not truly cold it's like a unique thing here you need to continue watering through winter if you do that you have great great Thanks. success next week that tree will double in size Ooh, out of time my goodness <laughs> hey ken and lisa lane the mountain gardeners we'll be right back after this
0: you're listening to ken lane aka the mountain gardener ken can be found throughout the week in prescott at waters garden center Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to
1: mountain gardens. Forsythia already flowered? Hilux languishing in the heat? Spring bloomers
0: already pooped? Butterfly bushes are going strong and re-bloom all
1: summer long. Pollinators like butterflies and hummingbirds love butterfly bush for their fantastic fragrance and bright summer colors. These tough head-high beauties love
0: summer sun and bloom non-stop.
1: Fresh new plants just arrived at the place where people who love butterflies and butterfly bushes, they love to shop. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. This is Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center, and we're here at the Garden Center floor asking customers, why do you garden?
2: Very relaxing and interesting, and I love watching hummingbirds in the summer.
1: And why do you like shopping at Waters Garden Center?
2: There's so much variety, lot of choice, and everybody knows everything about the stuff they sell, which is very good.
1: Waters Garden Center, helping people reconnect. At 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love to garden, love to shop.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two Ts, GardenCenter.com. Now, welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: This is the time of year that you see the most beautiful grasses. Now, northern Arizona, in the valleys especially, the Prescott Valley, Paulden, uh, Dewey, Cordes Junction, I mean, from Williams all the way to Kingman, We're famous for our grasses. When we think of native grass or lawns, especially folks from the Midwest, I'm not talking about lawns. I'm talking about big, like shrubs, big, tall, uh, the Californians, you you all think of pampas grass, these 12-foot monsters that take up a quarter of the yard. Okay, that's sort of where I'm trending, and that is an ornamental grass, and it does do fabulous up here. But there's so many others. There's huge choices that you can actually create style, flair, some some, uh, some motion, some artistic uh, ability out in the, in the landscape. And this week, coral forester grass has come into the nursery. It is a hippie covered in plumes. I mean, it's, it's just low, super low maintenance compared to a lawn you have to mow every week, Or a pampas grass is just so ginormous. This is a cute thing. It starts blooming in May and doesn't stop blooming until halfway through winter. It's an amazing, amazing grass. It's just soft. You want to brush up against it and talk to it, and you just feel better. It looks good in containers and raised beds. Down the driveway, it's flexible and it loves growing in the mountains of Arizona. Our native Bear grass, B-E-A-R, bear, like a bear. Bear grass is a native, just grows wild. It sort of looks like a miniature pampas grass, only this one is evergreen. So you never have to trim on it. You never have to cut it back like you do other grasses. This one is, but it's not a yucca. It actually puts a plume on or or big, great big seed head on it. It's big and white. It's just glorious. It's been in bloom for Two months now, so bear grass grows wild here. Deer grass, miscanthus. There are several others that are also wild grasses that grow naturally in the mountains of Arizona. Just had the most beautiful um, grama grass. This is a wild grass. grows up about just above ankle high or so, maybe maybe a foot, no more than a foot. And the seed heads hover above this nice soft foliage. You almost want to roll around on. And, but the seed head is not upright perpendicular to the ground. It's, it's uh, it, it's, no, yeah, it's horizontal to the ground. I got to get the perpendicular or where's it at? It actually floats above the foliage and the ground and the seed heads are real light colored and they just, they just add a lot of drama to the landscape. And once you get them started, they can go by themselves. And then every other grass, the reason grass does not get play, does not get as much writing, does not get as much interest is because in the spring, when everyone's in a garden frenzy, the grasses have just been cut back and then fertilized. So I'm talking about March, April. So they haven't started to flush yet. So they don't have their, their, they just aren't as beautiful as they're going to be when June, July, and August shows up. Now they start to bloom. Now they're fully mature. They don't have that cut back winter look. They're up and they're soft and they're, they're swaying. They almost dance in the wind. And so birds use them. If you're a birding kind of person, want to draw or woo the birds, more birds to your landscape, you need grasses because they love to take these seed heads, the the plume, and then build nests out of them. The blades and make nests out of them. And so I, I really, there's there's not a landscape. Every design I help customers with here at the garden center, I make sure I try to incorporate grasses. And so from this point through really Thanksgiving, middle of December, you're in your peak grass season. This is the time when you see more choices. They're up fully mature and they're starting to plume. So you get to really see what they're all about. But I just want you to realize the grass department, the grass choices, the grass. When you walk into the nursery, you've got so many more choices than, than just lawn. Uh, I don't, I, I don't have a lawn. It takes up too much water, too much of my time, and I don't like mowing that much. I don't have rock though either. I don't have a rock lawn. I've got patios. I've got thyme lawns, so I do have an herbal thyme uh, that that just grows. I mow it you know, once a year takes water, you know, once a week, if that. So it's much less maintenance and resource heavy. But it, it's a place where the dogs like rolling around and playing. But I don't, I don't like to be the slave to my landscape, which is what lawns sort of do. I know that's hard for a lot of you Midwestern, for the East Coast folks. Lawn, you start, everything is lawn, and then you have a tree. Uh, or the, the the negative, the opposite of that is the desert folks, everything is rock than a tree it's same look just that's not good either i think there's a balance and ornamental grasses are the way to go and really add up in containers i grow grasses in containers oh this is the time you want to look at and shop and plant ornamental grasses out in the landscape at least for northern arizona be right back you're listening to the mountain gardener
0: Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season.
1: Gardening and you don't know where to start?
0: Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better.
1: Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving.
0: You'll instantly be a better gardener.
1: All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home.
0: In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center.
1: We can be at your home this week. Waters Garden Companion Plants for August are Radio Red Salvias, Trumpeting Vine, and Butterfly Bush.
0: Monarch and Swallowtail Butterflies flock to Waters Butterfly Bush with spectacular eight-inch flowers filling the yard with
1: fragrance and beauty. Heat, drought, wind only make this shrub bloom more. Tough enough to grow in clay, but hardy enough to shine in containers. With so many colors to choose,
0: every yard should have at least two.
1: You'll only find impressive butterfly bush at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
0: You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: All right. So we are Ken and Lisa Lane. So we are the second generation owners mm-hmm. of Waters Garden Center. Lisa's father started the business back in 1962 and Prescott was truly, truly tiny little town. Tini- I think there's tinier than even Payson. I mean, it's tiny, oh, like yeah. not quite Seligman size, but but maybe a little bit bigger than Ash Fork right now. It's everything's changed. Like mm-hmm. we're in this boom pattern. And then our kids have we got four kids that are coming into the business. So third generation. Mm-hmm. We're very excited. I have no intention of of stepping back or <laughs> do they or know? That? Slowing down. <laughs> but I'm excited to <laughs> have the kids going. Well, I would love them to take the forefront so I can like help support them. like,
0: of, When's dad leaving? <laughs>
1: I don't think they could take this over quite yet. Anyway, are you poking at me? (laughs) Yes, I am. I like going to work every day. I need something else to do, I guess. And
0: you truly should go to work every day because if you retire, there might be an incident.
1: I would drive you crazy. It might end up in the courier. (laughs) (laughs) Body found buried in garden. Raised bed. (laughs) The flowers look amazing. (laughs) gardener fertilizes plants here's how <laughs> okay that's terrible that's okay I know. people are turning off Very the radio McCall. right now sorry
0: it's just uh, in jess yeah justin jess
1: so this is uh this is your segment yeah. so you share your garden tips mm-hmm. not how to bury your husband <laughs> <laughs> I've got bad thoughts going my head all of a sudden. Now I'm going. This could be a new TV show. How to get rid of yours? Sp- if one of us disappears, yeah, it's, it's going to be an issue. So guarding it, bro, yes. What What do you got for us? So inspire the the inspire audience.
0: I'll yeah. give it my best shot.
1: You've already inspired me, dear.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure how, but <laughs>
1: 34, 34, 35. We've been we dated 34. five years before we, we got married. 34. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, yeah. We did date five years. You so we're going me, over 40.
1: Almost. You inspired me 40 years ago. Yes. Now, inspire the audience to garden more. Okay. Have more beautiful patios. Dex. Well,
0: it has been beautiful. The weather yes. has cooled down some. We've had some lovely rains. Um, I know I've been outside a little bit more, hanging out in the yard, yeah. just having my cup of coffee or glass of wine and just enjoying the gardens. Um, And I think a lot of people, or they should be out there doing that. If they're not, go out to your yard, enjoy your yard. Um, But I've also noticed, not so much our front yard, but our backyard. I was like, oh, we need a little bit more in certain. (laughs) What are you talking (laughs) about? Just in certain areas. There's okay. some areas I've been looking and going, God, we need a little more color over there or okay. some evergreens, something to kind of you know how you can just go out and I mean everything looks beautiful right now. Yeah. So you can actually really see how yeah. nice your yard is and what's blooming. And but it's a good time to reevaluate your yard. Yeah. And decide, do I need to add? Do I need to take something out? Yeah. Because this true. is the time of year where if things are looking ugly. They're not going to start looking good. They're never going
1: to look good. If they aren't looking good now, they're doomed for chainsaw or pickaxe. So it's a
0: great time to go out and go, oh, maybe I do need some things. So if you need more color, so we have one side of our yard up against the fence. We've tried to grow a few things there. We used to have a vegetable garden there. And so now it's just kind of sitting empty. And I was looking at it going, Man, we just need some color on that side of the yard. So I was looking at the rutabecchias. We've got some oh, nice. gorgeous yeah. rutabecchias in, um, coneflower, uh, salvias, butterfly bush, rose of Sharon. Um, just some really nice things that are blooming beautifully this time of year. That you can plant and they will be so happy. So, it's a really good time to kind of look, see where you need some color. And there's still a lot of color out. You know, a lot of people think just petunias or geraniums, and they're like, eh, you know, it's late in the season. I don't want to put those in. But by golly, look at perennials because you can get so much color with perennials and they come back every year more beautiful
1: and better. You know, the marigolds came in looking just oh, awesome. Those will take you way past. Thanksgiving into December. Then right. finally they fade, but by then you're indoors going, I want to open, I want to wrap presents. I don't want to.
0: Marigolds are great to bring in, especially as we transition maybe a little bit more into those fall where you want to decorate for fall. Yeah. Uh, marigolds are amazing for yeah. that. And we have some really gorgeous blue salvia in too. Have you seen
1: pumpkins available yet in the grocery stores? Is it no, still but there is the, like-
0: Halloween candy out. Oh, okay. Of course, they get that out.
1: Yeah, of i like to buy it at, at halloween so it's hard when i give it away at the front door <laughs> no, for the kids oh. they
0: buy it knowing we're gonna eat three quarters of it <laughs> yeah. before it even make it to halloween uh but if you have a shadier spot in your yard we have some beautiful heucheras uh, oh, yeah. just have gorgeous color in the leaves kind of bronzes and reds and Oranges, so really pretty to mix with your marijuana oh, yeah. and all those stuff. So ajuga, we have some um, variegated ajuga in that's really pretty. It's kind of a green and white with a purple flower. Uh, great for those shady areas. I love light-colored uh, leaves, love colored foliage in shady areas because it just yeah. shows up so much nicer. And we still have a great selection of hostas. And it, it's really? a good time to put those in. Good.
1: So some of Never the flowers. selling perennial in the U.S., Pastas. Really? Not, not in not Arizona, <laughs> in the U.S. But but they do well in the shade. <laughs> not in the shaded resting. areas they do great here. Oh, they
0: do great yeah. in the shade. You betcha. Um, it's also a good time to maybe you need some more texture in your yeah. yard. Uh, maybe you need more height in your yard. You know, sometimes we get things all three foot tall, three by three out of yeah. the yard. So it's nice to have some texture and some different heights And grasses. Ornamental grasses are just truly coming into their own right now. Yeah. They're, they're those ones that early in the season, you're like, yeah, okay, I'll put yeah. some in, but now through fall is when they just look gorgeous. Um, we have a Japanese silver grass, which I think would be a good replacement. If you wanted something like a pampas grass, but, did not Not encompass your entire yard, (laughs) Uh, the Japanese silver grass would be beautiful. And it's kind of a variegated, um, what do you call a grass? Frond? Leaf? Is
1: it still a leaf? plant, Lawn leaf? I don't know. That's a good (laughs) idea. I know it's not a flower; it's a plume. Right. So that's a flower piece, but um, foliage. We'll just call it foliage. foliage. There you
0: go. So it has a variegated foliage on it. There again, makes it really stand out pretty. But any of the mooly grasses, deer grass, uh, deer grass, all of those—they're just starting to put on their plumes right now. Very attractive, especially when the breeze kind of hits them and they blow. Uh, we have in our yard the Carly fountain grass. Yeah. Which I love. We have it in a pot. Uh, but it's come back two, three years in a row now, and it's absolutely striking. And, and put grasses out in your yard, um, using them in threes and fives, and they're the ones you want more than just one. You yeah. actually want a show few. Yeah. Uh, we were, oh, sorry.
1: No, no, I just I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, so we,
0: we, we were up in Colorado, up around um, Fort Collins. Yeah. Where is your? Uh, Denver. Denver. Yeah, Denver. There. It's all the same. Front but range. They are very good at using ornamental grasses in their landscapes. And a lot of Carl foresters, the mooling grasses, the deer grass, and it really adds a lot to the landscape. And I think it's something that we could use in our yards here. Um, very easy to care for. You know, don't require a lot of, you're just kind of trimming them back in March, basically. Yeah. And um, so I think we could use those more.
1: Treat them like a, a tree or a shrub. They mm-hmm. don't don't treat them like a flower. Right. They're, they've got a very deep, fibrous root mass, so they're much hardier than you think. Mm-hmm. Think they do, and that's why so many native varieties grow here. So that one mm-hmm. out in the valley, mm-hmm. uh, Prescott Valley, uh, Chino Valley, uh, paulden in that area, that whole valley range, mm-hmm. they grow everywhere. Uh, deer, uh, bear grass, like B E A R oh, yeah. bear grass, it's great one. Yuccas grow mm-hmm. great here. Yeah. Uh, we just planted a a blonde ambition blue grama. Mm-hmm. So grama grass grows great here. But they we yeah. found one that has a seed head that's super, super pretty, pretty and unusual, uh, knee high. It. It's, very it's pretty. It's doubled in size mm-hmm. since the rain because right. it's loving the rain. Just kind of went <laughs> put it in the ground. It was already two feet across. Now mm-hmm. it's like three feet. It's just magnificent. Right.
0: Right, very pretty. So, yeah, definitely take a look at the grasses. And also, maybe it's a good time to think maybe I need more evergreens in my yard because I love using evergreens as a base because it makes everything else show up so much nicer because it kind of gives you a a canvas to paint on, I guess I would call it.
1: So uh, shrub evergreens, tree evergreens, all the evergreens. Yeah, all the evergreens. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Lisa, thanks so much. It's okay to plant. There's some oh, yeah. beautiful things mm-hmm. and upgrade your yard. And if it's not looking good now, get rid of it because it's never good. It didn't look good now. It'll never look good. Right. So they, they work backwards what you were just describing? I think so. Get <laughs> Lisa Lane the Mountain <laughs> Gardeners. We'll be right back. Right we'll after this.
0: Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com.
1: This is Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center, and we're here at the Garden Center for asking customers, why do you garden?
0: And as a child, I like to do a vegetable garden. So I'm having a wonderful time playing with plants. And I'll go out every day and look to see how much they've grown. I really am surprised at how much I'm enjoying it and reconnecting with my childhood, I think.
1: Waters Garden Center, helping people reconnect. At 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love to garden, love to shop.
0: Waters Garden Companion Plants for July are maple, verbena, crepe myrtle,
1: and rows of Sharon hibiscus. Rose of Sharon is a mountain hardy hibiscus with anemone-like blooms. Each stem of this hardy hibiscus is packed with buds. She makes a beautiful informal hedge or screen and is easily trained into small trees. Available
0: Prescott colors show in blue, purple, white, red, and pink for years of enjoyment.
1: You'll find breathtaking hibiscus here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
0: Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And we are back with The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane. Uh, We're here just usually talking about all the landscapes, the plants of, of your backyard, but the beauty of having a studio right here, at the garden center in your office is you can interview friends on things that maybe are just community service. And so I've got a good good friend, Bruce Morgan, is here, and he's one of the uh, board members of the Men's Expo that's coming up next weekend. I thought, Bruce, you've got to tell the guys about this. Now this is gardening. People think of gardening as as women kind of focus, but really, some of my best gardeners are are men. And so we can get that word out and let people know about it. But, Bruce, welcome to the Mountain Gardener. Ken, so nice to be
2: here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And I will point out that uh, many times the emails that we see opened are actually opened by women. Oh, really? Who then, who then hand it to the men and isn't say that you ought
1: to be there. Wow. Isn't that interesting? You know, I got involved with the Men's Expo. So, so t- tell us quickly about how long it's been going and maybe I can touch on some of the things why I'm involved with it but but when is it going to be where is it going to be let's just start with that and then we can expand on how'd it come to be
2: well certainly um, you know Waters Gardens and Ken you've been around since the very beginning so we'll go back to 2012 we'll go back to Prescott High School we'll go back to um a bunch of guys who got together and went to a men's event and decided that Prescott needed to have its own men's expo. And their emphasis on Get Real was to really challenge men to break away from normal Christian models to become Get Real, real real-type men, which is why we've created so many activities, so many things that are man-oriented, male-oriented, for the Get Real Men's Expo so yeah. since two twenty uh, twenty twelve
1: yeah twenty twelve and so I got involved because back this is back now my boy' now <laughs> he's thirty one <laughs> he's a captain in the army he's got three kids but back twelve years ago it was difficult to get it was hard to get you know you go to the rodeo argh, go to car shows argh. but a faith based where can I get together with my with my son and his his friends or just friends golf buddies boat buddies where can we go and just hang out with other faith-based kind of folks yet it's still a manly we're not sitting there singing worship music which is okay i'm not putting that down but we could also (laughs) admire someone kicking a football or taking a golf swing or riding a bull uh roping whatever where can we do that and go yeah that's right be like men men or something if you really want to get to know a man You play with them or you work with them, it seems like. That's just my take. That's not biblical at all, but I've been involved ever since going, this is a great thing. How do we get guys from different churches together or faith-based folks to help them connect? Did I describe even remotely? Well, and, I, and
2: you're you're absolutely right with what you're saying because I think uh, there's a certain brand of men that says I'm tired of of maybe sitting in a in a church pew for an hour and that's the extent of my Christianity. Uh, Men's Expo was about relationship. Relationship is the core for discipleship, for, for Christian faith. And so when we label this as fun, faith, and fellowship, the idea in the emphasis on fun is to ride a mechanical bull. Or at least watch other people ride
1: yeah, a mechanical that's bull. Right. Yeah. I'm not getting on there anymore, but I sure
2: appreciate those that do. Can't you will appreciate the fact that we have a spinal doctor oh. that we are stationing right next to oh, the mechanical really? bull. Okay. And unfortunately, our massage therapist won't be there this year, but typically we'll put the massage therapist and the spinal doctor <laughs> yeah. right next to that. In case you get guys like me who sure. are like mid sixty. We'll give me credit for mid-60s, yeah. but mid-60s and try and ride a mechanical bull or... Climb a rock wall, yeah. but we have more passive things too. Uh, this year we've got Arizona Fishing Game coming in to teach guys how to fly fish. That's really um, cool. So it's there. There's a, a a vast scope of activities. We have a long drive competition for golfers, and we know that golfers aren't going to be out there running marathons usually. So there'll, there'll be a long drive competition. There's going to be the ability to throw a baseball with a with a radar gun to see how good yeah. your arm still is. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of fun but less aggressive type activities for, we'll just say, the rest of us.
1: Yeah. So now anyone can come to this. It's not, it is faith-based, so there'll be a, a Christian element to it. Uh, but really, we're getting together just to enjoy each other. There'll be breakfast yes. at like 8.30, 9.00? Uh, we're going to
2: open the breakfast. Technically, it opens at 9 o'clock, okay. but we have to stage it and everything.
1: Okay. So 8.30. Sure. Okay. And then it goes, you, you can play and get connect. There'll be different ministry booths, which I think, I don't know how many churches are involved with this. It's a bunch, isn't it? Right now, there we have
2: about 17 churches involved, wow. certainly Heights Church, certainly yeah. Cornerstone Church, certainly um, Prescott Christian Church. Where, the venue itself is on the campus of Mountaintop uh, Christian Fellowship. Yeah. Um, my goodness, so 17 different yeah. churches Name involved. them all
1: off right now. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no pressure. No, just kidding.
2: But uh, 17 who have been very, very faithful because that's been one of the tougher things for us to do is to encourage churches to partner with their men's group and see it as a way to increase the size of their men's group by just letting guys go out and have fun.
1: You know, when we first got started... It was so difficult to get churches to come on board because this is not any one church putting this on. This is just a bunch of basically Christian business owners got together and said, hey, we'll fund this. Let's get a speaker in, come in, and let's throw this thing on. What do you think? And then we we found out that churches were, were kind of territorial sometimes. But it sounds like the walls are being broken down. They're starting to come in because we're trying to get guys plugged back into their local whatever that church is. We don't care. Just connect with other guys. And we think that the family is built up with that, but we'll see some gals there. We'll see. I'm uh, I'm sure they will sneak
2: in and stand in the back of the uh, (laughs) of the auditorium. (laughs) Yeah, this is, and we've had calls from women who, um, frankly, it's a fatherless home, and and they want their son to be able to attend. So when we don't send them away, my goodness, the idea is about. Friendship. It's about discipleship, so we encourage them to bring their kids, their 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 son, probably somebody as young as 13. But uh, um, I, and I always say that because we always have a main event with a good speaker, and sometimes if the kids are too young, it just goes over their yeah, heads. Sure, but um, you know this whole effort, like you say, has been channeled around um, guys who are Christians, but really kind of that business owner side that says, here's what we need to do to raise up men. So men who know about, right
1: and wrong. Tell us about the main speaker. So part of it is, I think at 11 o'clock, is that right? I don't, don't quite, I've got the calendar. Yeah, really. No, you're,
2: you're absolutely right. So at 11 o'clock, we'll actually close down the various activities and we'll all okay. either head into this sanctuary auditorium for the main speaker, but we also have a big screen outside for anybody who is, we'll just say, Uh, Covid sensitive, concerned about health, so we're we're going to be uh, live streaming it across Facebook. So there is absolutely no health reason not to come and enjoy the fellowship. But uh, at eleven o'clock, we'll have a a live worship band, and probably about eleven fifteen, Bob Cornuke, who is part of our new uh, Promise Keepers partnership faith relationship, Uh, one of their most energetic speaker, a guy who's uh, been involved in seventy global expeditions. Um, just validating biblical sites and what their locations specifically are in the world. So Bob Cornuk is going to join us and it'll be a fantastic time. Actually, we're getting him a year, almost a year before his new movie comes out. Uh, So he has written a book talking about the location, uh, the true location he feels for Mount Sinai. And uh, that book is called Mountain of Fire and faith-based filmmakers have read the book, saw it and said, this is a real life Indiana Jones right here. We need to make a movie about this. So in 2022, Bob Cornuke will be kind of the inspiration behind Mountain of Fire, the movie.
1: So we got one minute left. Tell us quickly, where's it going to be at? What time? What date? Just let everyone know, kind of wrap this thing up and let them know where to go.
2: The campus of Mountaintop Christian Fellowship, 1519 West Gurley Street, Uh, The kickoff time, 9 o'clock. So activities, demos, start at 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, We haven't even talked about the demos, but uh, there'll be drones and dogs. I'll just say that. Drones Uh, and dogs and everything will kick off at 9 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, we shut down. We go in for the main event. But um, food tent, good food uh, from Casa Sanchez. We're going to have a one-hour event with live worship music and Bob Cornuke, which will be a showstopper. At about 12.15, 12, 12.30, 12, we adjourn, and mountain, excuse me, uh,
1: Montana Barbecue will be bringing sure pulled porks in. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Bruce, thanks for being here. This is so exciting. Next next Saturday at uh, Mountaintop Christian Fellowship. August Come 21st. Us. Come it's have fun 40. with the guys. All right. Ken Lane and the Mountain Gardener with Bruce Morgan and the Get Real Men's Expo. Be right back after this.
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain
1: Gardener. Hi, Kenneth Waters, with our Monster Monsoon Sale, our only sale of the year.
0: Truckloads of fresh autumn maple, aspen, and spruce have just arrived, and we need room, so summer plants
1: must go. Perennials, trees, shrubs, even pottery must go, and it's worth your while with plant sales at 25, 45, even 65% off.
0: It's Waters' only sale of the year at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs
1: Road in Prescott, where people who love great plants at sale prices, they love to shop. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Gold Flame Honeysuckle.
0: Wonderfully fragrant, these blooms are in full color right now and will stay that way until the
1: first frost of October. These pink and gold blooms are irresistible to hummingbirds and butterflies alike.
0: Excellent as a quick ground cover, but robust enough to climb vertical structures and fences, all for under $37.
1: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love blooming vines, they love to shop.
0: You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: I have a big shout out to the Prescott Chamber of Commerce and the Women in Business luncheon they had on Wednesday. They were at the Hacienda Inn, and I took my two daughters. To the women in business thing. Not that a dad has to do that. They're they're perfectly confident. I've been been going there for many, many, for decades. And I mean, let's face it. Power women gathering together. That's the target market of a garden center. It's the ultimate. But probably 200 of the business and community leaders, females, in our community gathered just to support each other. And I like going, took my daughters there. And just, uh, it's what a powerful, powerful time. At least it's a Haiti with the Arizona Community Foundation, which I serve as one of her grant panelists, help her divvy up money. They do great things. She presented and just shared her life story. You get to know each other better. I think that's small community. That's that's what we are all about. I'm just glad to be there. Normally, there's more guys there. So there, there were maybe three of us in the room. And so you guys out there, you business leaders, you need to support the women in business too. So we should all gather together. So anyway, just my two cents. Uh, thank you for, for allowing me in the doors and then for just blessing my my kids, my, my daughters, and allowing us to just all gather together, making a difference. That's what we are in the mountains of Arizona. These are small communities. It's We need to know each other, help each other, because the market isn't big enough just to do it by yourself. You need friends to help you through this, and that's neighbors helping neighbors. Anyway, big shout out. A, a shout out to our sponsor, Uh, Control Solutions. They're the ones that make the um, Sayonara Bug Killer. They are really good folks. A family-owned business that supports retail garden centers, and they've got one of the finest bug killers that are out there. Thanks for supporting this show and, and Waters Garden Center. You are a great sponsor of Great garden content. So control solutions. If you need a great bug killer, sayonara. it's here at the garden center. It will obliterate grasshoppers, blister beetles, aphids. It's safe for food crops. It's it's out there to kill off whatever's there in your yard, and things are growing fast. So uh, controlled solutions, thank you. And then our our garden class coming up. We've got uh, this week it's on weed control. Uh, Let me make sure I'm pulling up the website. No, it's on wildlife and bug prevention. So sorry about that. Uh, That's a Saturday at 9.30. Every Saturday at 9.30, we have a free garden class. Next week, it gets really interesting. The best evergreens for mountain landscapes. That's the 21st, 28th, the last class we have in, in August. Gardening for newcomers, that's always a big one. And then we go into September, the top 10 trees and how to plant them. So we'll go over maples, pine, spruce, climbers, vines, mountain, uh, the easy, easiest to grow mountain plants. It keeps going on and on. Take a look at all those at watersgardencenter.com. Again, we're seeing an inverse, this COVID thing. We'll have maybe 20 people here at the class, but we'll have 40 people watching it online. So it's, it's, that's what has changed in the last year and a half, how people attend Things. Those folks that, that watch online, they'll come in that afternoon to pick up that plant or ask more questions. And, and we encourage that. But those are also live streamed through our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. So you know Facebook is taking the channel a little bit, but there's still a lot of followers. So we've like 10,000 followers on our Facebook page, and people are watching it there, or YouTube is the that's where it's at. So they're, they're ch- chiming in through there. So if you want to find those, Waters Garden Center. You folks didn't know how to do that. You know where to go. Anyway, throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show and just talking gardening with local gardeners. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our pink volcano, Phlox.
0: Just when spring flowers are fading, these beauties revive and show off.
1: Your grandmother only dreamed of growing a pretty pink phlox this fine.
0: Each flower cluster could make a bridal bouquet all by itself.
1: This new Volcano Series is erupting with flowers used to accent entries and fountains, all for $15.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love eruptions of pink flowers, they love to shop. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Lavender Chiffon Hibiscus.
1: This hardy variety is one of the longest blooming, most prolific shrubs showing off massive 4-inch lavender flowers all summer long.
0: This stately bush likes to show off, and all for $39.
1: But wait, there's more. These pretty shrubs come back again next year with even more stunning beauty.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love stunning hibiscus, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener.